Hello and welcome back to A Better You podcast. My name is Charlotte and today is the third episode of the Empowerment Series. Um, so I'm joined in with my third guest, um, Laura Jo. She has a sports massage clinic similar to me in Long Eaton. So I will let her introduce herself and tell you a bit about herself. So how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah. So what is it you do with your business, um, just to tell everyone who's listening, um, because I know everyone has like similar jobs in what we do, but everyone offers different stuff and do, does things a little bit differently. Yeah, so basically um, I pretty much like yourself have uh, my own practice and everything. Um, and when a client first comes in, we do the normal assessment, consultation, everything, get a really good idea of what's going on and just sort of put pieces of the puzzle together to get a really good idea of why they're not moving as well as they want to or why they've got pain and things like that. And I really treat each person on like an individual basis. So even if I could have two people walk in with both have a, like a grade two hamstring strain, but that doesn't mean you treat them the same because they might have different factors of like psychological aspects of why they're not confident in moving or anything like that. So what I put together as a treatment plan really depends on the person, not just what they come in with. Yeah, I like that. That's similar to me. Um, and I always say that to my clients, like everybody's different. You can have the same lifestyle as somebody else, but there are factors that can influence treatment or the way you recover or the injury and I guess when you do put like content out on social media it is just very generalized um so like I can't give advice on a hamstring train for one individual person so you try and make it more general um so what sort of like what's the most common injury that you see in your practice I would say lower back pain I just think, yeah, mate, it's just the same thing all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's whether so people are like, oh, I don't do anything though, and I'm like, that's probably the point. If you're, if say, if you commute, I don't know, an hour to work, you're sat in a car, and yeah. then or on a bus or a tram or whatever, and then you sit at your desk from nine a.m. until five p.m. and get up to make a cup of tea every like hour or so, have an hour's dinner break most of that day you are sat down and then you have your hour commute home and then you probably make your dinner, sit in front of the TV and binge watch Netflix or something like that. So you're not moving. And I know research has changed a lot. So it used to be that if you had back pain, you don't move. You just let it ease off by itself. And it can be quite difficult educating clients that know you want to get up, you want to move. Just because you've got an office-based job doesn't mean that you can't get up walk around the office and things like that like move definitely (laughs) people always say that they're like I'm like you need to move more and they're like yeah but it hurts to move and I'm like that's understandable but the longer you sit down the worse it's gonna get and that's definitely like the biggest thing is the fact that people do have very sedentary jobs where they're sat down all day I know myself especially in lockdown I've gone from being on my feet all day every day to like now being sat down more and my lower back is honestly it's dreadful and I I need to move (laughs) yeah I woke up today and I was like oh my god I need to move more I've been sat at the laptop for too long yeah and it, it is hard I guess like 
a lot of my clients will say the same thing like when they're at work and they're in the swing of things the last thing they're thinking about is getting up and moving but I'm like if you try and get up and move every so often just to get a drink or go to the toilet it's just trying to fit in during your day when you can yeah it. rather than making time for it just seeing where you can implement it into your day um so with lower back pain what advice can you give to people right now obviously they can't come in and see us until yeah. everything changes what can they do during lockdown to kind of help their lower back pain I'd say just getting into that routine like you said it can be hard those first few times of you have to really think about it so if you are working from home sat there and go oh, I've not moved for two hours get up move go for a half an hour walk around the block or just go up and down the stairs a few times just anything to get yourself moving and just really take time to look after yourself because even more so now like the other aspects of your health like mental health is going to be affected at the minute yeah. and people are probably eating more I know for myself I am a comfort eater so I will be <laughs> eating so much but just really focus on yourself and what makes you feel good um, do get a half an hour yoga class up on YouTube and whilst you've got a dinner break have a quick sandwich and move and that's my biggest advice for people at the minute is just keep moving Definitely. and yeah pay attention to your body as well if something doesn't feel right there are people out there that are still working through um, zoom or on social media that they can offer you certain exercises because especially with back pain I think not it's not a one routine fits all yeah definitely everybody's different and there is so much out there on social media at the minute like you said with YouTube and yoga like you go on Facebook and there's so many Facebook live classes so like just making it like you said into your routine just because we are in lockdown doesn't mean yes we've had to like change our routines but there's no reason that you can't have a routine even if you do it Monday to Friday or something like that um, so definitely and listening to your body is so key yeah. so many people I, I think everyone's kind of guilty of it but when you are busy you kind of don't pay attention and when you are on the go you're not thinking my back's hurting you're thinking I need to get this this and this done and then definitely lockdowns made people realize because they've slowed down they're like oh my back does actually hurt maybe I should get this sorted um, so yeah do you see people who were kind of like oh, I didn't really notice my back pain until I'd stopped yeah yeah that is quite a big thing and for me I quite often say that pain's like the last thing that happens so your body will sort of try to compensate for itself yeah and you would then start to see this chain of things that are sort of connected so they'll be like, oh, my back hurts. And then we'll look at the hips and be like, well, they're not exactly sitting how they should be, which now is affecting your knees because now you've got like tight hamstrings or whatever is going on, whether they've got a pelvic tilt. And then you can go like right down to the ankles and then right back up to the neck of, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize that hurt. And it's like, it's all yeah. connected. <laughs> I always try to explain it to clients is like, um, imagine there's a, a tug of war and like say there's six people on each side and if one person lets go 
them five people now have to pick up the the slack and compensate for the lack of a person really and yeah. I and they they kind of get it then they're like okay yeah I can see what you mean and it's the same with your body if part of your body isn't doing what it should be doing or anything like that the rest of the body compensates for that um so that's definitely they're they're always so surprised as well when you go well your hips aren't doing what they need to be doing or this is wrong with your hips are like but my hips aren't even hurting and I'm like yes but if we don't get this sorted you will start noticing the pain in your hips um but I always remember somebody saying to me you move away quicker from pain of when you aren't in pain you don't really notice things you aren't like oh I need to get this sorted yeah um so yeah that's something that pops up a lot so back pain just move just honestly like see where you can get some movement into your day um so that's for like the common thing in your practice and you also do sports working in sports teams so just tell the listeners who you work with or who you have worked with in the past okay so at the minute I am the lead sports therapist for the Nottingham Panthers who are a ice hockey team in Nottingham um so during the season obviously that got cut short uh, with everything going on at the minute but I will probably be with them so I do all their training with them and I'm there for home games and away games. So I get to travel quite a lot. Um, the schedule is quite intense, but it's fun. Yeah. So it never feels <laughs> like it's <laughs> like where a 12 you, hour day. Where have you traveled to this season? I know it's been quite short. Yeah, so obviously we travel around the UK a lot. So Sheffield, Cardiff, Coventry, Guildford. Where else do we go? Um, we go to Scotland and... We were on our way to Belfast and then the season got cancelled. So we just got to the hotel and had to come all the way back. <laughs> I saw that on your story and I was like, oh my gosh, that's just yeah. so disappointing again all that way. And then it's just like, oh, okay, then we need to go back home. Yeah. It was just never meant to happen because the Fly B company, we were meant to fly with them. They went bust a couple of days before we were oh. meant to travel. <laughs> so then we had to do it on a coach, which was like a coach to the uh, ferry port and then ferry and then another coach so I think it's about 12 hours travel so we got there had dinner went to sleep and then came all the way back (laughs) (laughs) I hate coach journeys as well oh my gosh that must have been dreadful (laughs) what's the most common injury you see in ice hockey because obviously every sport's different um yeah yeah what's the most common one you see with your player Um, it really does vary um I know this season we had quite a few shoulders, so we had some ACJ stuff going on. Um, And obviously, just because of the nature of the sport, concussion as well. But again, they're two injuries that are obviously totally different. One's your head, one's your shoulder. But just the way the different athletes um, recovered from them. So with concussion, it's there's not a lot I can do personally. You just go through your concussion protocols and they notice a lot of changes and they're like well I'm feeling sick and I'm like it's normal like we've just got to go with the flow with it and it is I find concussion quite hard because it they can't exercise in the early stages at all there's no cardio there's no nothing and they're just like I'm so not used to this these are like elite athletes that are training every day probably sometimes two three times a day and to go from that to nothing it can be quite difficult for them. How do you deal with 
the players when they are injured and they can't do anything because I know with the football team I work with like when I say to a player you can't do anything they're like but can I just do this and I'm like no not until I know that you're good to go nothing and they hate it they absolutely hate it yeah sometimes I do feel like the big bad wolf I'm like no this isn't happening (laughs) and um Luckily, I've got a really good sort of support network. So um, there's Scott who he's got like the medical contract. So he's like my boss kind of thing. He comes in and he backs me up and we talk all the time. I'm like, this is going on. He's like, right, I'll come in and together we'll go and speak to coaches or we'll speak to this person. Um, And as well, the doctors, they're great that we have. So sometimes we can all just like stick together and be like, no, or like, yeah sometimes you give a bit of leeway and be like right if you train today then you've got to take like two days off because you've overdone it you've not trained for so long if you do too much we're just going to go backwards and just highlight the risks for them and then sometimes you can yeah I'm on board I think they have to see it for themselves so it's not just like oh they're saying I can't do it like there's a reason behind what we do advise and what we do say um what are the coaches like when you say a player can't train or play are they fairly understanding yeah they're they're really good I think because they've all been in the situation where obviously coaches have been players before and things like that that they've been on that injury side of things and I think they would much rather have a team that is 100% fit and can go out there and perform the best rather than putting a player in even if it's just a little bit of a niggle or they're not performing to the best of their ability it's a team sport so at the end of the day that one person can just fall off and not ruin it for the team but they're not going to be as cohesive and work yeah, as well definitely. as the team. I think when you explain it in that sense as well in terms of the team like they are very understanding because it's we both work in team sports and the importance of teamwork is massive. Um, so, yes. Um, so, obviously, working in men's sports, how have you found that as a female? Um, at first, I, it was so daunting walking into that locker room and there's like 22 players, there's two coaches, there's the kit guy, like everyone was just male. And I was there like, oh my god and it took me a while to just sort of like get into the swing of things but they were honest they were so welcoming it was never like oh my god there's a girl in here or anything like that they they were so great and sort of took me under their wing straight away and they're all true gentlemen that's good I'm the same like I haven't had a bad experience with the team I've worked with but I remember my first day like ever working with the men's team I walked in and I was like oh my gosh I'm the only woman here but it was the same like they took me under the wing they were all welcoming and it's been fine like when people ask me what's it like being a woman working in men's sports I'm like it's fine like it is okay I haven't had a bad experience um have you ever had a bad experience as a woman with other teams or anything like that um I wouldn't never in sport at all I think they've had so many different physios sports massage therapists nutritionists all these different coaches that they're used to seeing females come in and out and especially at the Panthers we do have 
quite a lot of females that come in so our psychologist she's female okay um I had two work experience girls both female so they are used to having no, the that's girls. Good. yeah it's the same with my team really like, I've had the odd comment from other teams but I just brush it off and get on with it if it's anything too like over the line then I will say something back but yeah I think because did you grow up around sports before you did what you do now like was sports always part of your life um I wouldn't say to the a high level but I, I was always quite fit and active when I was younger um yeah. enjoyed PE and things like that and if I'm honest I got lazy at university and the work <laughs> took over so um I'm not so much now I've got back into sort of going to the gym sort of keeping fit and active because you've got to practice what you preach really <laughs> that's so so true so. no that's the same with me like I've always grown up watching football going to games so I've always been around that sort of sporting environment so going into like a men's changing room locker room it wasn't like a massive shock to me what advice would you give to any of the listeners who are women and they want to get into what we do or working with men's sports? I would say just have the confidence because I know for myself, a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I'm a five foot nothing blonde girl. They're going to look at me and be like, oh, like, who is she? She's not going to know what she's doing. Yeah. But you can surprise yourself. Sometimes when I'm on a roll and these things come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh my god just like keep saying it <laughs> um <that>, yes <laughs> and also don't take yourself too seriously if you're in a male dominant environment you've got to understand their banter and things yeah, like that so, so, so it, it's never ever personal and just let it just say like, just I always just say that. yeah yes I always say there's a line and as long as the line doesn't get crossed like it's fine and do, they the lads like it when you give it them back as well because yeah, they're like definitely. oh my gosh she she can say something back <laughs> yeah I definitely yeah. noticed that at the start they were a bit like they'd, say, they'd swear and they'd go oh sorry and I'm like they do that with me I'm like yeah just, you, you should see me when I'm out on a night out swearing all yeah. the time <laughs> <laughs> don't apologize <laughs> yeah and, and then I think now towards the end of the season it's like people walking around naked to the showers I'm like oh sorry like it's they just see me as part of the furniture now exactly you're going into their environment as well they're not going to change the way they are because there's a female there um so that's something as well like understand that they they will be polite but you are in that environment you've chosen to be there yeah and as well just they have got to have the confidence in you so if they don't not in your like knowledge and your actual what you're doing with them but they want to be able to communicate with you so if you're quite reserved and don't make that effort with them they're not going to feel confident coming in until it's too late and then now you've got a player out for however many weeks or months you've got to really make them feel comfortable coming to speak to you no matter what it's about or anything like that I agree with that that's so true um so yeah I can't remember what you mentioned but um oh that was it about how like people's perspective of you being five foot blonde going into that sort of environment I remember my first day I worked with a rugby team over the summer rugby league and I walked in and one of the players was like she's not gonna be able to massage deep enough 
and then he got on the bed and he was like oh my god she can do it I was like don't <laughs> underestimate my size just because I'm small doesn't mean that I can't do what I'm doing and it was just it just made me laugh because yeah. I look I, I don't know why but I like proving people wrong do you know when people are like oh she'll not be able to do what she does good I'm like I can <laughs> and, and that's just having the confidence in yourself yeah um, do you think that the confidence you have in yourself has always been there or have you had times of self-doubt and how oh, have you I have that? so many times of self-doubt the times I've been sat at home going I don't think I can do it and my mom's like get a grip come on <laughs> <laughs> like you've come this far and things like that. I just think I was never someone at school that was straight A I always had to sort of try I did well at school I I've got to where I wanted but it's never come naturally yeah I've had to really work for it yeah and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I I think I appreciate it more and things like that but definitely yeah I definitely have moments of self-doubt and it's like when you have a client that just for some reason isn't responding how you expected them to yeah I sometimes have to remind myself it might not be me it's probably not me because I see this client, I don't know, say once a week for an hour, but what they could be doing at home could totally de- be defeating the object. So I could be saying, right, do these exercises at home. You're doing this. We need to strengthen this. They could go home and for the rest, for the rest of the week, do absolutely nothing and then come back going, oh, this still hurts. Or, and they've not followed any advice about, I don't know, like having their desk set up properly or making sure their car is uh, the way they sit done properly or the bike set things like that they could just totally ignore me and I'm sat there wrecking my brain like what is going on I was like that and then I had a chat with um one of my somebody I actually did work experience with and he was like working with this guy and it'd been months 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 and nothing was really changing and he was like everything I'm doing is right and I know it's right and every time he asked the guy what he was doing at home if he was doing what he was asked he was like yeah yeah I am and then him he was like one of the like I think he was seven months in his wife came with him to the appointment and his wife dropped a minute and she was like no you've not been doing anything that he's asked you you've not been doing this and he was like well that's why it's not been working and it is hard because I guess it's just yourself you haven't got somebody else to go well why don't you try this and obviously that there's research out there you can look up and people to ask but in that moment it's just you and you've got to make sure that you're confident in what you're doing um I'm trying to word this better um so in your practice do you see more women more men um bit of both sounds really weird it depends on the type there's like time of the year so I would say in summer I get a lot more women who have taken up running and things like that and then in the winter I would say it's more men because I think men tend to have the ego in the gym they want to lift more they want to be the fastest on the treadmill they want to they want to prove themselves I'm not saying women aren't like that because I like to prove myself and I can do things as well but I'd definitely say it is quite a 50-50 split. It just depends on what time of year I it is. I agree with that. I see a lot more women for like lower back pain because of their office jobs or just looking after their kids all day, picking them up. And then I'd say the men is more gym-related injuries. 
um and you'll go to them like how come like just tell me what happened on the day you felt it pop or the day after it started hurting and they'll be like well I lifted more than I should and I'm like there we go yeah I do <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty of that as well in the gym like lifting sometimes more than I should and then waking up the next day and I'm like oh my gosh I shouldn't have done that yeah see I'm not much of a runner and at the start of lockdown I got nominated for this five you know the nominate five run yeah. five donate five thing I did that I'd not ran 5k in months and I just <laughs> went out and ran and then the next day I was like Yep, so now I've got plantar fasciitis, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Running's been one of the most common things I've, everyone seems to be running at the minute. Yeah. And it's the same stuff, like I've started running, I've not run in ages, never run before, and now I've got calf pain or shin splints or whatever. Um, and it is the same sort of stuff, like I can give recommendations, but everybody's different. It's all right me saying you need to gradually build up the run, if they do it it's a different story yeah and so you don't know what sort of of online you can't tell what else is going on so they might be so focused on that calf pain that actually it's probably come from weak glutes which is like giving them like internal rotation or whatever and it's they just they just focus on that worst pain as everyone does so you can't really put together the jigsaw pieces it is hard I had somebody message me yesterday and he was like, I think I've got potential compartment syndrome. And I was like, have you seen somebody, somebody giving you this diagnosis? And I was like, oh, no, I just Googled it because no one's open. And I was like, okay, understandable. There isn't like sports therapists open, but there are emergency physiotherapists open, osteopaths, all that sort of stuff. And then we kind of, he gave me this full detailed list of, what's been going on and I was like I can't say for definite because I can't see you I can't do tests blah 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 Um, but I was like I can recommend you do xyz and he was like more than grateful for that and it is true like you have to see a person to see how they walk or like as soon as the person that a client walks through the door I'm like looking at things I'm like okay all the time and I do it even when I'm out and about I'm like that person's hips are or whatever yeah they're not walking as they should <laughs> um so yes um, I also think like pain levels as well because obviously in a consultation you'd be like so out of 10 10 being like the worst pain you've ever experienced what would you rate it and they're like oh it's like a good 12 and I'm like you've just walked in here yeah like hey, you've taken your coat off you've sat <laughs> down you've not twitched once and you're saying that you've got like really bad back pain that's a 12 out of 10 it's like okay then (laughs) (laughs) but that's true um it's the same with like treatments and stuff people you'll be doing the honestly like the gentlest pressure and people just won't be able to handle that and then you'll have some people and they're like no you can go deeper and I'm like are you sure like this is quite a lot of pressure and everyone's pain thresholds are different Mm -hmm. and that's why I say to people when I always get the question, does it, does dry cupping hurt or will this hurt? I'm like, I can't tell you because I don't know what your pain threshold is. And they'll be like, well, so-and-so said it's really painful or so-and-so said it's fine. It's like, everybody's different. So you can't tell them exactly what it's going to be like. Um, so let's go on to how you started up your business and what made you go into this career um so I was in year eight so what how old are you then is that like 
12, 13. Yeah, somewhere um, around that. Yeah, and I had um, scoliosis that needed correcting. So I had um, two metal rods put either side of my spine and like nuts and bolts and screws and everything all in my back. And obviously a massive part of getting me back to school, getting me back to playing sport and just living a normal 13-year-old's life was having physiotherapy yeah. and things like that. So that was a huge part of sort of opening my eyes to this sort of world um and then being a typical teenager when it came to sort of deciding what career path to go down I was like oh well I don't really want to touch old people <laughs> so that was what I had in my head um of be, uh, what a physio was I hadn't researched enough to look at the whole like scope of practice of what a physio can do so I in my head I had oh it'll be elderly people that have fell and things like that in yeah. stroke patients and I just thought I wasn't tough enough or to deal with that so I was like right I'll do sports therapy because I enjoy the sports side of things and all I thought that was ideal for me and as I've sort of built my um business and everything I've actually realized that there is that cross there's a very gray line between sports therapy and physiotherapy yeah and I just think now I've got more experience working in this industry I would really like to go and broaden my horizon with the physiotherapy side yeah but I'm, I'm glad I've done it this way and slowly built myself into Definitely. it I'd agree with that because I remember it was a levels and I was like do I go down the route of physiotherapy but I was the same as you I didn't do that much research into it and I just thought it was working in hospitals getting people who have had a fall getting them walking again pretty much and I was the same, like sports has always been part of my life. So I was like, I'll do sport and exercise science. And then whilst I was on that course, like injury rehab was like one of the main modules. And I just decided to go for doing the sports massage, all that sort of stuff. And now I've the same as you, like the physiotherapy. I just want to expand what I know. And it is true. I think people, the way we've done it, I think you you gain more experience and not experience that you can learn at uni or in schools like the communication side of stuff with clients and all that sort of stuff and I think that will help me when I do my physio do, uh, masters in January because I have this like communication with clients that I've built up over the past year or so um so how what tips would you give to people who are thinking about starting up their own business? Any business, really? Um, I would say, do your research before. Really sort of look at the area you're wanting to set up. So um, I know where I am, there is quite a lot of this, like, um, foot clinics. There's, um, like, physiotherapy clinics. There's a lot of it going on where I am but don't let that put you off. Just sort of look at how you're different, what you're offering, what your area of like experiences are and things like that, that don't be put off by what is around you. Because I found that it's something that I've had to learn that you might be the best therapist or whatever you're doing, whether you could be a plumber or anything, you could be the best there is, but people might not, just see eye to eye with you yeah and it's not a personal thing like I've I don't know 
hairdressers or something they might do an amazing job but you're like I just don't connect with that person like the communication isn't there or whatever and just understand that you're not going to please everyone don't try and like be the only one that's doing what you're doing in that area people just like different things in other people that's true I always say people buy from people so if somebody's going to come see me they've come to see yes obviously they've come to get the problem solved but they've come to see me as the person because there are so many different I'd say around here there's a lot more sports therapy practices and there are physiotherapy practices um but I get on with them all like I'd re- if something hasn't worked with a client I'll be like well so and so in the area can offer you this go give that a go because it is like there's no point taking it personal and being like oh well he's still in pain what I've done hasn't worked for whatever reason and rather than going oh we'll just leave him to it recommend him to go somebody somewhere else um and I think making sure that you're you really want to do it don't just do it for the sake of doing it I've had people message me and they've been like how much money do you make I want to get into it because I've heard they make loads of money and it's like yes it is a business and it is a career but you want to do it because you're passionate about it because if not if you're just in it for the money you're not going to be after you've done I don't know say you've seen done eight hours of treatments and you've come home and you've got to do social media work and reply to emails people don't see that side of a business um so how do you find all that side of stuff like doing social media replying to emails and messages around doing the actual treatment times it is so draining it is hard work I honestly I was really naive when I first started my business up I was like oh a few social media posts every now and again but it's just the whole idea of coming up with new content on a regular basis and it is so difficult because you can be doing like I know because I think with our work it's not your normal nine to five hours because that's when people's people are at work so they want to come to you before that time or late at night that as much as the money can be good, you've also got your outgoings of insurances and public liability, like buying equipment and keeping, like social media can be expensive as well. If you want your posts to get out there, you've got to pay for them to be um, promoted and things like that, that you've really got to keep on top of it. And it is, it is much as part of the job as the hands-on treatment side of things. And it is (laughs) it is it's so time consuming I know um before lockdown I used to get up at six and I'd spend an hour doing social media stuff so it was ready for the day to just post up and go um and it is true like people majority of the time work nine to fives so on a Friday night I try to finish early but then in my head I'm thinking if I finish it five six people are only just finishing so I might as well open later um what about with Knott's Panthers do you have like late evenings with them on training nights and stuff like that yeah so normally how it worked last season um, obviously it's all based around when our games are and we were typically playing three games a week so um for example would play usually on a Wednesday Saturday and Sunday Wednesdays were a bit later just because of fans getting in from work and stuff 
but we also would have training on a Wednesday. So a lot of the time I'd start work at sort of eight in the morning and I would get home at about 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like in an ice rink that whole time and yeah. things like that. Um, again, if we're traveling, for example, when we went to Scotland, we'd be leaving the ice rink at sort of six, seven in the morning traveling stop halfway to have some breakfast well some lunch by that point um do a game so obviously the games are in the evening so we'd again would be finishing about 10 o'clock at night and then driving like all the way back from so it is long days and I was lucky with the training that the training was always in the morning so I could I would know that I could be back at my clinic for like about half two three o'clock so then I'd be like right everyone back to back because it on a normal day I'd have like do about three people give myself a bit of a break get a cup of tea have something to eat but because I was restricting my hours to fit in with the Panthers it was like just cram everyone in yeah so my only break was really that 20 minute drive from the center of Nottingham to yeah. my clinic that's the same with me like if we've got an away game I remember not last season, the season before with the old team I was with, we had a Tuesday night game away at Cleethorpes and oh my gosh, like we didn't get in till gone midnight and then I was up the next day for early treatments at my clinic and it was so, so tiring and people don't see that side of stuff, the travelling and the commitment and having to set off earlier to make sure that you're missing traffic and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I'm the same as you like if I've had training I try it if I've got like evening training football tends to be Tuesday nights and Thursday nights so I'll try and cram back-to-backs in before training to make sure I've seen everyone who needs to be seen and it is so tiring you like I just need a minute to sit down have some food and get a cup of tea but it's like I can't I've just got to go 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 um and it is it's a job where you are on your feet a lot of the day and it is tiring like sometimes I get in from work and I'm like do I really want to be going to the gym tonight but you just do it (laughs) yeah the amount of times I've got in and I'm getting questions from like my mum my dad my brother and I'm like I've been talking all day and listening to people please just be quiet (laughs) I don't want to be mean but like (laughs) my brain is still going like I'm still thinking like I overthink things too much so I could it could be like eight o'clock at night and I've just got in and I'm like oh, did I do that right with that person like oh I hope they're feeling okay and it's I'm like the same. I'll get I just bed. can't switch off no I'll get into bed last night I got into bed and then I was like oh my gosh I need to do this for social media tomorrow or oh, I could do this and I'm like why is it the minute I get into bed to like settle down my head's just still going and it is so hard to switch off um yeah. what do you do to switch off um recently I think more because of lockdown and I have noticed that I am feeling I've never suffered with anxiety or depression or anything like that um lucky enough but I have felt myself getting more and more anxious same here like about returning to work like I can't wait to open up again but when um Boris Johnson was doing the announcement I was there thinking I don't want to go back I'm not ready like I'm scared and then he said we can't go back and then I was like oh my god this is ridiculous I want to go to work (laughs) so I'm just I think not only trying to keep myself safe but also my clients as well I do have some people that are quite vulnerable or high risk and things like that and I would hope that they would be sensible themselves and not come in 
and mm. I can be like, I've got enough procedures in place to make sure they are safe if they are desperate. But it's just, we've never had to deal with something like this. No. Like, we do run hygienic practices anyway. Like, the amount of times I'm washing my hands even before coronavirus and yeah. new towels, new tissue for each person, like, that's just normal and cleaning up after people. But now I think there's the added pressure and it is scary because it's all new. It is. And I said that um, to, I was speaking to my sister the other day and I was like, we haven't experienced this before. No one's no, nobody knows how they should feel or what they should be doing. Um, Cause I found it really difficult. I was saying how, because I'm self-employed, you might feel the same. You feel like you've got to be doing stuff for your business every day. And I feel so guilty last Thursday when it was sunny. I felt so guilty just sitting out in the sun and not doing anything. Um, and I was like, I should be doing stuff when I'm back at work and I should be trying to get people on the priority list and all this sort of stuff. And I found it really hard to switch off and not feel guilty. Yeah. The um, main thing I've sort of found is, I think it's called the Headspace app. Yeah. I paid for that and it's like, before I go to bed, I'll do like one of the meditation things because I think, like you said, that is the time where I'm, everything is going through my mind because I've stopped. Like I could have the most productive day and be like, I did not do that one thing. And yeah. I'm like, why am I beating myself up about it? Yeah. I've probably got like another three weeks until I have to go back to work. So. <laughs> I'm the same as you. Like I've got all this stuff I need to do at my practice just to make sure everything's ready. And I'm like, oh, I need to get this done. And I'm like, probably still got another month to get that done so I just need to slow down a little bit and I'd say at the start of lockdown I was in, in my head I was like I need to get all this done today and then the next day I'd not have anything to do and like now I've kind of started to space things out throughout the week so I'm doing like a few hours every day and then trying to just do something for me like this is the first time in a very long time we've got this time for ourselves yeah I felt at the start of lockdown, I had in my head, I was like, so I was in um, lockdown about a week and a bit just before because my mum had symptoms. So I was like, right, in this time, I'm going to be so productive. I'm going to do so much online training and like research and like better myself as a person. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to like start a new sport. I had all this in my head. And I was quite good at the start of keeping up with that and doing things for myself and for my business. And then I think it was when the second, was it around May time that they announced the lockdown was extended? I yeah. was like, oh no, I can't. And I've slowly yeah. dropped off. I've stopped being as hard on myself, which even though I'm not doing as much as I was at the start, I think I'm not putting as much pressure on myself. So I will be like, oh, just give myself a few tasks to do, like you've said, and just yeah. spread it out and things like that. You just, you've got to be kind to yourself, I yeah, think, definitely. more than anything. I was the same start of lockdown. I was like, between this time and this time, I'm going to do loads of online courses and then I'm going to do this, this and this. And then time's gone on. I'm like, I just need to slow down a bit. Like do online courses still and try and do stuff to better myself for the business. But not every single day, like just take them. Um... And there are so many amazing online web webinars and stuff out at the minute. And it is, it's really good. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it stays the way it is because like I go to um sort of conference things in Birmingham right I think they run like every other month or something 
and because it's in like a sort of like a lecture hall kind of thing they're limited to how many people they can fit in there but they've swapped them to zoom conferences and there was like i think 300 400 people on it and it's like they're fr the, these conferences are free anyway so they're not like any less off because it's been online and i just thought that would suit me better because trying to get to birmingham for like six o'clock at night is a nightmare yes but i think some things will stay the way they are definitely i was supposed to be doing a um course for the rugby team i'm with uh, it would have been last week and it just got cancelled because it needs to be in person um but they did put up like a um webinar like a free one just a bit of a starter for the course and so many more people attended that and i know it's been nice as well because i've been doing courses um that are based in like america now don't get me wrong there's the start of lockdown i got a few <laughs> of the times wrong but it's been nice doing courses that i wouldn't have done before lockdown um so that's another thing you guys can do is like find something that you can do online there's so many different stuff out there even exercise programs i know i was um doing yoga like it was every tuesday at lunchtime and that was free for i think she did like a couple of weeks and i know there's a lot of pts that are doing i think everyone's adapted their skills because they've got to earn money to live like the world's not stopped we're still yeah. paying things out that people are having to adapt what they're working like and how they're exercising that I think it is encouraging people that wouldn't normally get up and exercise. I, I wouldn't yes. normally do a yoga class online. And then I was like, oh, I've got the time. <laughs> I started doing um, hot pod yoga. Oh, I started doing hot pod yoga and um, before lockdown. And then obviously that had to stop. Um, but they've started doing online classes and you just pay like three pounds per class. And... I've, I've really enjoyed it yoga wasn't something that I loved but now like I absolutely love it and it's the same with my sister she's a personal trainer and she's been doing virtual sessions like and adapting the sessions to see what equipment that her clients got and it is it's, it's been amazing to see how many people have adapted what they do and what they know um yeah pretty much um as well i've started reading loads more in lockdown i don't know about oh, you <laughs> yeah i've i love um like autobiographies and like um non-fiction and things like that so i bought so many books i read um the tattooist of auschwitz at yes. the start yeah I read it in like two days i was just there like <gasps> and um my neighbor is a um counselor and she yeah. gave me a book on, um, she works a lot with um, like women that have been abused and things like that. And she gave me this book um, and it's about a woman in Nottingham that was, has basically been sexually abused her whole life. It was quite sad, okay. but it was just so weird to read the book and be like, I know that place because it's all set <laughs> in Nottingham. But yeah, I, I've read so much. It's crazy. Same. I was, before lockdown, I was somebody, if I was like driving I was up and down the M1 like all the time. Um, I'd listen to audio books or podcasts in the car. Um, and I've been listening to, I've been reading more like actual books rather than the audio books. It's been, it's been a nice change. 
It's uh, nice to actually hold a book and change the page. I, yeah. It sounds really weird, but there is just something about actually having a physical book. Especially whilst the weather's been nice, sitting outside with a cold drink and reading, it's been so, so nice. Um, so for the future and after lockdown, like what are your goals, personal goals or goals for your business? Um, so goals for my business, I would love to have like a well-being clinic. So um, I think there are all different aspects of us, as I've mentioned, that come into rehabilitation and injury. It's not just that physical side of, right, your knee, your shoulder or whatever is better now, that's it, go away. That you've got to keep on top of it. So, um, and also, like I've already said, the psychological side of injuries and how it impacts people. I'd love to have somewhere where people can all can come. For, they come in and they're like, oh, I know. I've torn my ACL or something and I'm looking for exercises and rehabilitation where you can sort of focus on that. But after that, be like, Right, so now we've got like a PT who can keep up those strengthening exercises with you. Or there's Pilates, if you're not ready for gym-based strengthening, you can do body weight stuff. And yeah. there's like a counsellor that can deal with things like that. And I'd love to have somewhere where everything is under one roof. And it's because I do feel you can spend quite a lot of money. If you're really committed to targeting what is wrong, you could spend a fortune of going of to different places yeah. and... It's knowing where to go and I think if it's all under, under one building, I'd, I'd, I think that would be a dream. Uh, that's similar to me. Me and my sister would love to set up our own sort of wellbeing clinic as well because like she has clients that have got injuries and they need treatments and then I have clients who need more strengthening exercises and it is so true. I'd love to have everyone under one roof and it'd be like a monthly contract for somebody to come in and then they've got access to all these different people and different industries all under one company um and it, it is very true like everybody's different somebody might have the same injury but they might need different things they might need different support um so have you always known that you wanted to do this or was there ever a time where you thought i wanted to do something else um I'd say more at school I think they you get told at school that you start I know we started to pick our GCSEs in like year nine so you yeah, did same as and us. yeah and they were like this is like you need to be sensible pick because this is like the path for your whole life you need to and I was like I'm like 15 no not even 15 14 <laughs> or something I'm like I don't know um so I did a bit of everything at school just because there was one point where I thought I wanted to be a teacher and then I did some work experience in a school and was like this is definitely not for me kids are too brutally honest like same as me <laughs> yeah and so I also thought oh I'd like to be a doctor definitely not clever enough for that um <laughs> so I think I've always wanted to be in an industry where it's like looking after people yeah and sort of working with people um so yeah, there, I think there was times at uni where as well, it, you're there for three years, it's intense. I moved quite far away from home and things like that, that I'd wake up on days that were like particularly tough and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm quitting, I'm quitting and a bit of tough love from my mum and <laughs> I was fine. But I do think everyone, it's natural to self-doubt yourself and oh, I just... Yeah, 
you've just got to keep motivated. And I've never gone to work and felt like, oh, I don't want to be here. That's so, the same as me. I love my job. So before all this, I was doing part-time lifeguarding. And don't get me wrong, like the, the first year or two, I enjoyed the job. But then as time went on, and especially at one point I was doing uni lifeguarding and then starting to do like build my business and honestly waking up at like 6am to start a half six lifeguarding shift and then having going to do my clients I was like I really don't want to do lifeguarding anymore and I used to hate it and then I'd get to like practice and I'd love it and I was like this is what I want to be doing um so yeah what would you say your highlight of working with the Panthers for the bit of the season that you did <laughs> until we can get back to normal um so I will always remember there was this one game it was boxing day and we were losing and I was stood there like this is not great it's boxing day and we're losing like come on we're at home as well and I think there was something like in the last period uh, one of our players scored four goals and he just turned the game around and we all w- and we won and the whole crowd went like insane <laughs> so that was that was a great memory and I was lucky enough to travel to Denmark because we were part of the Continental Cup so I got to go to Denmark for I think we were there for five days all together okay so just being part of a team that could travel and things like that so there was like I think there was about 30 or so 37 of us or something there was somewhere around there that all piled onto our team bus went down to I think it was Heathrow we flew from or yeah airport down in London and it was just amazing to be we all I felt I'd never done something like that so walking through an airport with my little suitcase and like my team <laughs> kit on I felt like the queen honestly I was like oh, <laughs> so that was really fun and um at the end we all had like a little bit of a celebration and I think because we all I came in a bit later in the season to work um it was nice to do that just to go away and like bond a bit more yes definitely because I came in later it was a bit difficult to be like they all had their seats on the bus and I didn't want to walk in and take a seat (laughs) I was like oh god just little things like where do I sit and things like that because you don't want to upset the status quo of everything um so I think Denmark for me was a big not a turning point but where I felt a lot more comfortable in myself and be and got the confidence that like okay I've gone away with this team to Denmark and nothing major has happened no one's died (laughs) like we've got no major injuries everyone is safe and I was like okay I've done that myself that's such a good feeling like when on match days and I look at the team I think right everyone in this room are 100% ready they're 100% fit there's no niggles there's no nothing and I'm like I've done that yeah (laughs) um is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap things up or do you feel like we've covered everything we wanted to um I think we've covered everything unless there's anything that you no, I think oh, we've gone questions. through all. Oh, yeah, the questions. Good job you remembered them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take the, the ones I can answer now. <laughs> I know. Um, it's just trying to find it. You know, when the Instagram highlights have like gone, oh. I'll try and refine them. I'm nearly there. 
I did it the other day for my priority list. I forgot that I put the um, <laughs> thing up and I was like, oh God, I've lost it. That's why I did. Um, it's one of these ones there. So one of the questions was about lower back pain and we've covered that. Um, another one is um, shin splints from running during lockdown, which is something that I get asked all the time. So what are yeah. your tips and advice for that? So my tips and advice for shin splints, look at your calves, like how are your calves feeling? Because even though your calves are at the back, you've also got your other muscles that are more down the side and um, they attach into your feet and things like that. So don't just look at the front of your shin look at everything yeah. make sure you've got correct footwear so making sure you're not running in converse like oh gosh, I, I hate seeing people do that I was like she's like my calves are in agony and I was like okay tell me about what you wear when you run in she was like converse I was like right get rid of them <laughs> no so, they're good for lifting when you're in the gym fine but not for running no no um, but, but yeah also sort of don't jump too far because chin splints is an overuse injury so don't I know I said earlier that I ran 5k without running before but slowly build it up so you're meant to build like progress 10% each time so whether that's you run 10% quicker or 10% further or whatever just don't do it all at once like just progress slowly I think that's going to be one of the biggest things as well when the gyms do reopen like people are going to rather than building up gradually they're going to expect that their bodies can do what they did prior to lockdown and just try and lift as much weight as possible um so that's kind of similar to that so just gradually building it up um yeah I think as well don't underestimate the power of a rest day as well that especially after lockdown, because you've not trained how you would for four, well, probably more six months, don't feel like you've got to play catch up and train every day because your body adapts when you're at rest and when you're sleeping. So if you're training every day, your body's not actually got time to recover. And those micro traumas are just happening over and over again. Yeah. And you're going to end up with another six months out because you've really done some damage. So well, I know some days <laughs> last month, they ran every single day and didn't take a day off and they were running like long distances and there was like I'm in agony all the time and I was like you need a rest day like it's okay to take some time off and rest because your body needs it um and then I think it was about two weeks later he messaged me again he was like I took your advice had some rest days and I'm fine and I was like that sometimes it's as simple as that just yeah. changing one little thing about what you're doing um, I've got a question as well about warm, warming your shoulders up for training. It didn't really say whether it was for the gym or anything. So what tips would you give for that? Um, so I think, I know research recently, it's really changing around the benefits of stretching. Um, I would say for warming up, more definitely more dynamic stretches yeah. because you're actually getting the blood flow there, you're warming your tissues up. Um, so if it does mean before any sort of workout is in that kind of way, um, we follow, I don't know whether it's changed since I was at university, but we follow like the ramp warm up yeah. uh, protocol. So just making sure that towards the end of your warm up that you're actually starting to mimic what movements you're doing. So if you're doing overhead things, even if it's with a bar with no weight on or just like a 
at home, if it's with a broom, just practice that movement of getting your arms above your head. And yeah, the importance of a warm up is not even so much for injury prevention, but just to get your body ready because it needs to be prepared. You can't just go into something cold and things like that. I think warming up and like cooling down after as well is very under like overlooked like I know so many people and I'm guilty of this as well sometimes um when I go to the gym like I'll spend a good 20 minutes warming up before I get into my actual workout um but afterwards I'm just like I just want to go home I don't want to stretch I don't want to do this but it is so so important to do the things before and after whatever activity it is you're doing um and I say it's the same with running, like where I usually go for my walks every day, the amount of people I see who just get out of the car and run, like they don't even do any warm up whatsoever. And I just think you're going to ache tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely overlooked as well. Um, and I just think as well, um, like nutrition is a big part of performance and recovery. So like even down to, I know everyone was hammering about, oh, make sure you drink enough water and things like that. But obviously the fluid that are in your synovial joints are like your elbows, your knees and everything like that. If you drink enough water, it's going to build that synovial fluid up and it's going to stop the rubbing and the friction there. So just little things like that. Like it's so easy to have a bottle of water on your desk and be like, right, I'm going to drink three of them today. And that can be doing the world of good, not only for your joints, but recovery and everything. So just there is so many little things that can get enough sunshine like yes. obviously if you don't get enough vitamin d you can end up with like muscle aches and things like that so there is so many little things that make up such a big picture and i think if you can't be in the gym 24 7 well not that that's a good thing anyway but if you can't be in the gym as much as you like just doing these little things to help you recover between sessions or just keep your body in a happy place because the knock-on effects if you don't can be quite severe so okay and then the last question I got was why does my knee feel fine in the warmer weather but when it's cold and damp does my knee hurt um I'd say this is something that crops up for me when I'm doing acupuncture it's something that we covered on the course and how tendons and stuff like that they don't like damp weather um and I remember the guy who did the course he was like you could get on a plane and go to Spain and it'd be really hot and you could run the furthest distance you've ever run before and feel fine the next day but then if you came home and did that on a cold wet day you'll be aching and in pain um so yes what yeah um I would say as well when you're cold your natural mechanism is you tense up to try and keep yourself warm because you that's what you do so if it's damp and it's cold without you even realizing did, you, did the person say around their knee that yeah they're feeling, yeah their quads their hamstrings their, everything that attaches onto that knee is gonna tighten up even to the fact that their shoulders they're gonna end up like pulling them up to try and keep warm yeah and like we spoke about before it's that kinetic chain of everything is connected so even just tightening your shoulders or clenching your jaw it's going to have that knock-on effect so that's something that 
I see a lot in the winter as well. People are like, I'm in more pain. And it's, it is, it's as simply as just, you feel like you're scrunching yourself in to keep yourself warm. So that's going to have a massive effect on stuff. Um, so yes, with that one, if you've got any more questions on it, please do message me or uh, Laura Jo. Um, so where can people find you on social media? Like what's your handles, all that sort of stuff. Okay, so um, on Instagram, it's quite a long one. Um, so it's at, obviously, um, LJB Soft Tissue Therapy. And it's the same on Facebook. I think on Twitter, I had to make it a little shorter because it didn't, <laughs> doesn't take that. So I think on Twitter, this is how awful I am at remembering things. I think it is LJB STT. Mine's That's similar to that as well. Mine's CKSMT. So like trying to fit it all in. Um, so yeah, if you've got any more questions, um, please do head over to her Instagram and ask away or head over to mine as well, CK Sports Massage Therapy, and we will answer any more of your questions. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been no, a thank you really for having episode. me. Um, and enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Bye.